This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Well, greetings and God bless. Welcome to another live-ish episode of Pass the Mic, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. We are, of course, powered by the Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Please don't forget about the gram, at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And I am joined by the founder of the Witness BCC, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Blue Check verified himself, excuse me, the two-time best-selling author. I got to put in all of his accolades. The two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check verified himself. Jamar Tisby, what's going on, brother? Happy Juneteenth. This is an incredible occasion. Yeah, man. The, the first that we're recording where it's actually a federal holiday. So official. Right. Official. We're going to get into that, okay? <laughs> Number one, I hope all of y'all have enjoyed everything that we have presented so far. It's not going to be over after we finish this particular portion, but I hope you've enjoyed Free to Be. And our heart behind it is presenting and giving a place for Black Christians to truly step into their freedom in souls and in bodies. And so as we think about that, our heart and our hope is that if you see it modeled, you can actually live it right? It's one thing to be set free. It's another thing to stay free. And so we're trying as best as we possibly can to walk in that freedom, not just proclaim it on one occasion. But we're here to talk about Juneteenth and its historical and also future implications. There are some implications based upon the fact that Juneteenth is being celebrated more now than it ever has been. There's some commodification that's taking place. There's some political posturing that's happening. There's a lot of what we ask for versus what y'all say y'all going to give. We're going to get into all that because, bro, this is significant, right? Talk about the history of this. Talk about the history. Right, right, right. So so a, a lot of what's happening right now is Juneteenth explainers. I I. You know, in the last year, it's really incredible how much momentum this has picked up. But yeah. uh, I, I would imagine most people at this point know Juneteenth is a mashup of the words June and 19th. It is the short version is it's the day in 1865 when enslaved uh, black people in Galveston, Texas, learned of their emancipation. Now, there's a little bit more to it. Can I can I geek yeah. out for a, for a second? Go ahead, right. go ahead. Roots, go ahead, Mr. Roots. So, so uh, Major General Gordon Granger, who was stationed in Louisiana, took over Union forces in Texas. And uh, early in his arrival is when he gave the announcement. And it's General Order Number 3. And I want to read General Order Number 3. It's just a paragraph. And it says... The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. 
The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere by order of Major General Granger, June 19th, wow. 1865. Look, so there's a lot of layers to that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of layers to them saying, okay, now, now that's your employer. There's a lot of layers to them saying free people need to stay where they were bound. Uh, <laughs> there's so many different layers. As a historian, as you're processing this, what stands out reading that and, <laughs> and, and historically interpreting what's happening and taking place in that moment. So it is significant. Let us not take away anything from the fact that enslaved people were now le legally free. And, and the timing, okay? So let's back up a little yeah. The timing, June 19, 1865. Pro Emancipation Proclamation goes into effect January 1st, 1863. So this is yeah. two and a half years later, right? And then even on top of that, in April, the defeated Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrenders in, at Appomattox in Virginia. So this is two months after, essentially, the, the, the surrender of the Confederate forces. And this is finally when enslaved Black people in Texas are learning about it. But then you get to the actual general order, and you can feel the fear. <laughs> Yeah, white yeah. people, right? Like even union forces. So, so this talks about what I would call the uneven support of the union, northern white people, and abolitionists, right? Because just because you wanted to abolish slavery did not mean you wanted black equality. So this is yes. how it shows up in the language. It says essentially, um, it, it's important that they talked about absolute equality of personal rights and property. That's significant. Right. That's significant. So it's not just freedom, but it's it's equality. But mm -hmm. but as is the case throughout U.S. history, they were hedging on freedom for black people. Mm -hmm. And they went and they said, you are advised to remain quietly at your present uh, homes and work for wages. In other words, keep working for now your former slaveholder, but do so for wages. Can you imagine yeah. Can you imagine being told to stay on the plantation, but they're going to pay you now? Like it's going to be a good working relationship at that point. Then they went further and, and, and they're playing on this trope that is going to grow and pick up momentum during the Jim Crow era that black people are lazy and they actually needed slavery right. to keep them working. So it says in this part, um, Number one, don't come to the union military posts expecting help. We're not going to do anything for you, mm. right? And then number two, um, you will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. Idleness. Y'all black people, just because you're free now, don't be lazy. Nobody's right. going to pay right. for you. So, so even in a contemporary way, right, we hear all these tropes about welfare and black people mm. just leaving off, living off of the government, right? And it, it, you can trace it all the way back even to the announcement on what mm. we now call Juneteenth. So, Man, you, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the hedge. And we're talking about how positions and people in power, status quo, systems, administrations, well-meaning as they may appear to be, chosen as we may have done with them in a particular context. 
they hedge between amelioration, pacifying us, and actually providing for us all of the liberation that we need and desire. And it's in that space where I think we, many of us find ourselves, right? Because I think there's becoming a consensus as we've been talking about Leave Loud and some of the other things, there's coming to a consensus that many black Christians, perhaps more than have been in the past few years, five, six years, are saying now is a time to lead, to exit, not just quietly, but to truly leave loud towards spaces of freedom, healing, and wholeness. But what happens when you're declared to be free or you make the declaration of freedom and freedom is not actually realized in your life? Hmm. And so I think a lot of us are, are in, this, in this Juneteenth. Last year, it felt like it was a, a refreshing celebration it felt like it was like water on our souls in the midst of a pandemic after, you know, racial terror, all these things that were happening. It felt like Juneteenth was a celebratory um, occasion. Now it feels celebratory, but it also feels uh, commodified and polluted. And it feels like there are a lot of people whose hands are in it that we didn't want. And a lot of people who are celebrating that we didn't ask. And so now we're asking the question, did, did, did this holiday get gentrified? Did we actually work backwards, right? And I think it's in the hedge, in that middle portion between being delivered and actually staying free, actually walking mm. in that deliverance, that mm. a lot of us find ourselves. And it's, it's quite similar to how enslaved Africans found themselves right after, because they weren't entering into a place of fully realized freedom. They were entering into a place of being marginalized in more creative ways. Right, right. And so I think it's incumbent upon us to say as Black Christians, as those who are committed to the call of Christ and walking in full and total freedom holistically, we now have to prepare for the hedge. We now have to prepare for the transition period. We now have to prepare for what we've called on the podcast, the wilderness, right? And it's in that preparation where so much is realized. So I, I would love to talk a little bit more about that hedge because I think that's where we find ourselves now. I think what you're bringing up is a really important concept. And, and, and maybe if we can get it in our brains that um, freedom is not a, a binary, that there yes. are various forms of freedoms and unfreedoms, right? So it's not like flicking on a switch and flicking it off free, not free. Abolish slavery. Now you're free. Race-based child of slavery. You're not free. It, 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 it's it's not it's not uh, 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 just a, a light switch that you flick on and flick off. It's more like a dimmer switch, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more, it's more like the 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 volume knob, right? And um, at some times in our history, you turn that 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 knob on freedom up a little more. Sometimes it goes back. And it was, I believe, Angela Davis that said freedom is a constant struggle. Right. Yes. And so yes. Um, it, it is it is incumbent upon us to always be struggling to keep and to extend our freedom. Uh, but but, you know, I, th I think I even find myself getting into a place of you know, complacency to say, okay, this law was passed or this event happened. Now we're, 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 we're done. We're moving on from that part. Right. But the reality is any ground we gain for freedom is ground. We have to keep and keep pushing yeah. forward for more freedom. You know, and I also want to hold space for those who, who have complicated feelings around today, right? Yes. Who have yes. complicated feelings of celebration and happiness 
an achievement, especially if they felt as though Juneteenth should have always been a national holiday. And those who also feel the concern and complexity that the people who perhaps we voted for are placed in positions of power are, are underwhelming us, <laughs> right? Mm. They're not providing for us what we have asked for them to in that particular sphere. And also those who feel the complicated feelings of, yes, leave these churches that are, are propagating you know, racism and xenophobia and bigotry, but our churches that we would like to go to are themselves not operating in ways that are fully welcoming and they're not operating in ways that are healthy. You know, so I, I think there's this sense of many of us also feeling complicated. And it reminds me of, I believe it's Psalm 137, where the question that the psalmist asked is, how do we sing songs in this strange land? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we sing the song of the Lord in this strange land? How do we sing a song of fruit? How do we celebrate when we get a holiday over here, but history is being removed from our children's education over there? Yeah. How do we celebrate when there's this, this vocalizing of, of Black voices, this platforming of Black voices and entertainment and Hollywood and, and politicians like to, to partner with them, but they're not passing laws that protect our votes? How do we sing this song? It's a strange land. How do we sing of freedom in a, in a land where freedom is not fully realized? And so I want to hold space for that because I think that's where a lot of us are. A yeah. lot of us are feeling the complex, complicated feelings of what it truly means to sing and to sing of freedom in a land that's strange. Let's talk about that complexity because there's so many layers to it. Yeah. Um, I'm a guy who wrote in my first book, The Color of Compromise, why Juneteenth should be a national holiday. And I talked about the significance of the history. It's one of the most important historical events in our nation's um, history. I talked about the fact that it would be an occasion to look back with with somberness on on race-based chattel slavery and 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 the heinous things that that human beings can do to one another, as well as an opportunity to look forward in terms of uh, assessing where we are now and what work still needs to be done. And here we are, uh, just days past it actually becoming a federal holiday. And I write my first opinion piece for the Boston Globe, and it's the unintended consequences (laughs) of making Juneteenth a federal holiday. And I talk about, you know, and we've talked about, and and, and we've seen on social media talking about, what happens when you take a, a an event, an annual remembrance that was primarily centered in Black communities, and yeah. make it mainstream? Yeah, we talked about the commercialism. Um, it, 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 we can talk about the hypocrisy. Yes, I can't remember the last time something unanimously passed in the Senate. Yeah, we know how polarized the parties are right now. In the Senate, this bill to make Juneteenth a federal law passed unanimously, which is almost a slap in the face because it's these same GOP senators who are supporting bills in their own states or at the federal level against things like critical race theory or teaching the 1619 Project initiatives 
at the very core that are trying to excavate and reveal the ways racism operates. Mm -hmm. And here mm -hmm. they are passing a bill to make Juneteenth about the abolition of slavery and, and, and emancipation uh, yeah. a, a law, right? So what are we to make of that? In addition, they refuse to pass at a federal level, which is really at this point, the only thing that, that will help. They refuse to pass at the federal level voting rights protections. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so at the top, when we talked about, okay, um, you're not just uh, free, but you're free and equal, a big part of that throughout U.S. history for Black people has been the franchise, the ability to vote. And yet now it is under attack and embattled in a way that, that, that we saw 50, 60 years ago during the civil rights movement. On top of that, the reason, the momentum that made Juneteenth a federal holiday in yes. 2021 yes. is the protests and uprisings in 2020, yes. which yes. were against anti-Black police brutality. But we can't get significant reform, revolution, uh, defunding, right. refunding, uh, uh, directing Dismantling, funding to different yeah, areas. All of it. Dismantling. Yeah. We can't reimagine public safety because the very people who are voting for Juneteenth to be a federal holiday refuse to see the deeper, and it's a question of freedom, like you yes. were saying before, right? Like, it is a question of freedom. Yes, race-based chattel slavery uh, was abolished, which actually took a constitutional amendment, the 13th Amendment, to actually legally abolish slavery. But of course, we know there was the, the clause in there that said, unless you were convicted of a crime, Right. Right. Which led to things right. like convict leasing and, and, and other forms of unfree labor. So so in the midst of all of that, again, it's not a light switch. You're free. You're not free. There are ways that black people are still not free. And the people who are supporting a federal Juneteenth holiday are still opposing that freedom. And that's why I think there's yeah. so much conflict and ambivalence around it, at least in the political realm. Yeah. You know, I, as, as we kind of talk about some ways that we can navigate this well, which is always what we try to do when we have a pass the mic episode, we're trying to talk about the historic reality, the theological realities and background, but also we're trying to talk about what's practically applicable for the black Christian and how we can actually live. And I just want to first provide an encouragement because that's what we do. I want to encourage black Christians that you know, what you feel in your body doesn't necessarily have to come to a conclusion or to a summation in this season. And it's okay if it doesn't. It's okay if, you're, if, the, if your feelings are open-ended. It's okay if your thoughts are open-ended. You know, I want to encourage Black Christians to pursue this state of not feeling rushed to land and come to conclusions about things that people have been wrestling about for years and decades and our ancestors fought to see realized, but sit in that and sit in that together, not by yourself because you're not alone. And I, I wanna make this encouragement because I think it's so important for black Christians to hear, I'm not alone. Hmm. It's not just me. It's not just my thoughts. There are others who think this, there are others who feel this, there are others who are navigating this. And in the midst of that navigation, what we find is there is a community, there is a journey. 
And there is a there are people that are navigating this together. And so we come together on events like this just so that you can feel that encouragement, right? You can feel that sense that in my body, I sense the people of God with me. But not just that, I also want to encourage Black Christians to use your voices. Mm. And I know this seems like we've been saying this for a while, but I tend to think that many of us, no matter how many times we hear it, need to hear again that your voice is valid, it matters, it needs to be heard. When you speak, people will listen just because you don't have the education that other people have or the experience that other people have or the power positions that other people have or the title that they have does not mean that you are not important in the conversation that is taking place right now. And I have gotten so much encouragement, help, understanding, uh, knowledge from Black Christians, just following Black Christians who speak. And so if, if you have something to say, say it, please. <laughs> Please say it. Please talk about it. Please continue the conversation because it's not just those people like Jamar who are writing about this in the color of compromise and in other spaces, not just the activists. It is the groundswell of attention and the groundswell of conversation that people had about Juneteenth that pushed people and moved them into action. And it's the same groundswell that's gonna get the voting rights laws passed. Mm. It's the same mm. groundswell that's gonna change your educational system in your community. It's the same groundswell that promotes hope and healing and justice and flourishing for your neighbors. So please speak, you know, yes, yeah. be in your body, but also speak, we wanna hear what you have to say. And this is a time where we hope that Black Christians leave from this and feel like, oh, I have something to say, and it's valid that I say it. This is an element of freedom to claim and reclaim our yes. voices. Yes. Because an element of bondage is to steal your voice or to undermine your voice. Um, I don't believe any of us are voiceless. I believe we've been muffled yes. or we've That's been muted. Right. But, but, but an element of freedom is realizing that I can whisper, I can talk, or I can shout, and that's valid. Do mm. your homework, <laughs> right? Mm. Be wise, but you do have a voice. And, 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 and I think part of um, claiming our freedom is claiming our perspectives as valid, as legitimate, as worthy yes. to be heard. Yes, yes. Because for because, so long, we've received yes. messages that, that we should not be heard. And I was just going to say, that's what we do here. We, we want to proclaim and reclaim. That's what we say. We proclaim mm -hmm. the truth of Jesus. And then we also reclaim the lost and stolen parts of our Black identities. And so in that proclaiming and reclaiming, there's this constant push-pull of times when we speak, times when we step back, times when we study, times when we get involved in the work, times when we need to rest and heal and be in our bodies and, and just hear the voice of God and be refreshed. All of the above, I just want to say, I believe I am stunned by how many people I talk to, how many Black Christians who are so gifted, so capable, so powerful, 
so right now for this moment hmm. who question whether or not anybody will listen to what they have to say. Hmm. And I don't know why I feel led, but I just feel led to tell you, go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and write that article. Go ahead and start that podcast. Go ahead and send that email. Go ahead and set up that meeting. Go ahead and start that venture. Mm. And, and again, it's so, there's something in me that says someone came to this needing to hear, just do it. We need it. Your people are waiting for it. Profits are never popular. <laughs> so Mom. it's a, there's an element of counting the cost, right? Like just yeah. because you claim and reclaim your voice doesn't mean people will hear you. Those are two, two different things, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Tyler, I think you can, you and I can both attest. There is a liberty that we experience when we speak my, my, my. from our souls. When, hmm. when, when, when we take off the filter that, that, that the sort of white gaze has put on us and can speak authentically. Here's the thing that for me is, is, is the constant struggle, but also in the sense when I've been able to, to meld these things together, it's been so powerful is there's not a separation between my Christianity and my blackness. Mm, come on. Because within Christian circles, we've been told for so long that one is subordinate to the other. When, when, we are integrated human beings. We are yes. integral, whole, yes. holistic beings, yes. right? And if we yeah. actually believe a theology of the body, then there's not this stark separation between what I believe and how God has enfleshed me. Yes. Hmm. And therefore, how I maneuver in and experience the world, which then gives me my perspective, which we're calling a voice, right? And hmm. so, so, so when we say speak, we're saying feel free to, to, to offer your perspective as yeah. this integrated being of body, mind, soul, emotions, yeah. and yeah. everything that comes out of that amidst the cacophony mm. of voices that are telling you, no, no, no. If you want to speak, you have to separate or subordinate yeah. your racial, ethnic, and cultural identity. When in fact, we can't understand the world apart hey. from it and through the lens of our Christianity as well. So I don't know if that made any sense, but that's but, so good, bro. But you, you know, offer, what you're saying offer is, all is, of it. is resonating in my soul, right? It's, it's, it's that proclaiming and reclaiming of which you speak. And don't, and don't think we don't have to go through that too. Like it, the people who you look up to or the people who lead movements or run organizations, we have to go through the same exact wrestle. And so again, maybe it's not, speaking something, maybe it's offering something like you were saying, I love that, right? Maybe it's your art. Maybe it's your, you know, your, your presence, whatever it is, we need that right now in this moment to truly be free because it's freedom is not just about me. It's not just about a group of people. I know it's about all of us. Mm. It's about truly the collective, the collective walking in freedom, freedom for some people, they were able to run from the border states and get to the union quickly. The freedom for those in the South, Come it on. took them a while. <laughs> so wow. you may be close, you may be on the border, or maybe you may be in the back. Okay, don't make me preaching here. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You, <laughs> no. you brought the history. I'm like, look, Come on. Look, you may be you may be right there. You may be one of the, you know, 
however many thousands that were able to just cross on over and run and put on them union uniforms. Or you may be those who just heard about it and all you could do is celebrate, even though you were late. It's all valid, y'all. It's all valid. I, we just want to come on and encourage you with that, man. We just want to encourage the people who are in the midst. Yeah. And that's all of us walking together, searching for what Jesus would have us to see and do. So, Jay, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for hopping on. Appreciate you. We did, I, I, I always am fascinated by where these conversations start and where they end up. But this has been balm to my soul. And brother, it feels like freedom. Happy Juneteenth. Feels like freedom. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com CT.